it's another fine day at Camp Dynasty. I am Counselor Austin, joined by Counselor Colin. And we are steaming our way ahead in the summer scouting series. We've gone through the quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers for the 2024 Dynasty Rookie Class which can only mean, Colin, that it is time to talk about the always enigmatic and often unpredictable position, the tight ends. Yeah, the the most unpredictable position in fantasy as a whole, but football in general. Like, if there was one position that I'd say... Yeah, we're still figuring this one out. You know, <laughs> tight end would would easily be the one, and I think that goes for anybody that's trying to scout players, that's trying to watch film, that's trying to decide if these guys are going to be good. I mean, this hybrid position between O line and receiver, and I mean they're getting used as fullbacks now. Like all of this baked into one makes it a tough task to scale tight end mountain. Yeah, and I mean, like, to be quite honest with you, at this point, it's July of 2023. We're trying to scout players for 2024's draft. Tight ends don't always get the most love on the internet video circles. You know, it's easy to find six games of Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. You're not finding that for tight end five. So. It's a lot of scouring the condensed games. It's trying to gather up anything you can with these guys at this point. And then, of course, looking at the body of work and uh, from what we remember from following along last year. So you put all of that together. And what it basically amounts to at this point in time is a players were excited about this year. I mean, it is... I, I would hesitate to call my top five a true ranking outside of maybe the top two to three players. Yeah, it's hard to say definitively, like, this is going to be my top five come March, you know? Like, this this is kind of, I'm feeling out who these guys are as prospects and then hoping to see them put on tape what I've seen so far or what I expect them to see, you know? So whether it's a, a hard permanent marker number five, it, that's not going to happen, you know? So yeah. we're, we're writing it down in light pencil right <laughs> now. So then we can easily erase later on when, you know, some tight end at Iowa surprised. Well, there's a guy that might come up in honorable mentions, but anyway, uh, we'll, we'll see what goes on here. And I'm, I'm interested to see your, you know, four through whatever and how it compares. Cause I think, you know, we, we've watched, we've been watching college, so we know a lot of these names. So I'm interested to hear if yours come up similar to mine. Yeah. Th- this one, I mean, I, I think this is going to be, you know, an all bets are off type of thing. I, I know everybody listening to this understands, I think, what's coming yeah. at number one on this list. But um, there is a lot of interesting names here. And I am curious to see if we approached this from the same angle, because we talk a lot about 
projection right. in the summertime. It's all about taking the body of work up to this point and then projecting what you expect is going to happen this year and beyond. And with a tight end position, I mean, it's all about projection. We'll be projecting these players after this season. Uh, so at this point, it really is, you know, you take an athlete, you take a player that flashes on the field and you say, you know, I think this can be something more uh, in a few years. So that's kind of the lens that we're taking here. So that makes for an interesting uh, dynamic as we get through these top fives. Uh, I'm going to ask you the same question that I've been asking. What did you think about the tight ends that you did watch leading up to this one? Okay, so, I mean, I think we can both agree that, number one, you know, the guy that will be on the YouTube thumbnail is one it, it's kind of similar to how i felt uh last week where it's like the number one is so far and away like the best in the class uh but behind them it's not exactly like last week or last week it's like wow there's a lot of talented wide receivers this week it's not exactly that it's a it's a lot of guys that have some tools but there's also a lot left to be desired. So I don't love the tight end class as a whole, but I mean, number one kind of saves that. Yeah. hundred percent agree. I think especially coming off of last year where you had, you know, several really good tight ends plus some later round, like sleeper guys, yeah. like fourth round dart throw sorts of players for in dynasty. And I, obviously it's early, but Based on what I've seen, and I watched quite a few of these guys already, I think it's going to be a weak tight end class. Yeah, uh, I, outside of that. number one, like you said. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd agree with that. I think, especially if you compare it to last year, where you're looking at a class that went like six or seven deep with interesting guys. Yeah. Compared to this year, you're not going to be seeing that. So if you need a tight end, hopefully. You got one in this 2023 draft, and unless you got a, you know, top six pick in the 2024 draft. Oh, God. Yep. <laughs> we'll have that conversation. Let's get started. All right. Number five tight end for the 2024 rookie class, Colin. You know, this this is the one where I hate that I always have to go first. I love it. <laughs> I just get to kick back. You're like, what? No. Um, I have Brant Keith out of Utah. Uh, so, obviously, back up to Dalton Kincaid, who came out last year. Um, he got injured after four games. But in those four games, he was looking real good. I mean, had – you know, some games here and there. The The thing about him is that he's pretty small. Pretty small guy. He's 6'2", about 220. So we're talking about, I mean, Marvin Harrison Jr. is, like, bigger than this guy. <laughs> and we were we were saying that he's a little, little on the, the small side for receivers. So this is a small tight end. But, you know, he's an okay blocker, even though he's so small. Uh, and he had to do some of that dirty work with Kincaid being on the opposite side, being the big receiving threat that he is. So 
I'm not saying he's a good blocker because that would be being lying to you. But he he holds his own for his size. He'd be like a good blocking receiver, that kind of thing. But the thing he does well is the things he does well because he's the size that he is. So before I get too deep into it, do you have him on your list? I do not have him on my list. Okay. So he's he's quick, he's fast, and he's good after the catch, which is all attributed to his size because he gets matched up against linebackers a lot, and he's getting matched up against the like secondary coverage because the primary coverage is on Kincaid. And then he just gets like whatever's left over. So that can all attribute to how good he looked because he's getting the like, you know, second string middle linebacker covering him. Uh, Or it's just, he's really nice. He runs crisp routes and you know, he's got the foot speed and he's light on his feet and he's got good hands. So I, I just, I just liked what I saw and I'd love to see more. Now he is pretty old. You know, with the injury last year, he's going to be in his sixth year with Utah. So he's an old prospect. But with tight ends, I don't worry about that as much because, you know, the position's so finicky as well. You almost want a more developed body, a more developed mind in the position. Yeah, that. so for me, it the size with the age kind of put him on my – yeah. T- I pushed him to the side mm-hmm. uh, and especially because I want to understand what, like, will he try to get to the NFL as a receiver? That's yeah. Will he, you know, is he going to try to add weight? You know, there's a lot of questions right now. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't watch him. I did okay. not watch him. Um, but yeah. Uh, exciting. Once again, we're in this position where I am now, I now have somebody to watch coming out of this episode. <laughs> So, so let's hear your number five. All right. God, moment of truth. Here we uh, go. My number five is Bryson Nesbitt from North Carolina. Do you have him on your list? Did you watch him? I, I don't have him on my list. I'm interested to hear what's going on here. Okay. So Bryson Nesbitt is a peer move tight end pure slot tight end i mean right now so for reference he is six four two thirty five i believe is six five two thirty five is the official listing so he's tall and he's long but he's a little light and he really doesn't offer you anything as a blocker right now nothing serious nothing that you can project to the NFL level, like this guy can hang as a blocker. He is consistently overpowered. He doesn't really position his hands well at all. There's there's a long path for him, which is why I think you just stick him in the slot, and that's what he is. It's dynasty. It's fantasy. I'm interested in the pass catching, so I'm not too concerned with that. If a team wants to roll the dice on this player, why would they do that? Because the word here is potential. Uh, This player in fairly limited action shows you a lot uh, as a pass catcher. Uh, Last year, 
He had 35 catches for 507 yards and four touchdowns. You know, we're watching Drake May. We were watching Josh Downs last year. Every now and then you see big number 18 make an appearance, and you kind of say, like, oh, okay. Well, that leads into, you know, a 500-yard season in, in only his second year. He was a four-star recruit in 2021, tight end 12 in the class. Very fluid, very fluid athlete. I mean, obviously, at 235, it's a little bit easier but even at that size, you can tell, you know, he is athletic. He can get out of his breaks fairly well. Uh, and he flashes ability at the catch point. Uh, he is the sort of guy, he's seven for 12 on contested targets. Uh, you see the red zone work. You see him going up over the top of guys. That's a big plus. Um, the negatives with Nesbitt, obviously, I already mentioned the blocking. It's a fairly limited role for him at the next level based on what he is right now. Also, his hands, while he is good at the catch point in contested situations, he did have three drops on only 50 targets last year. And that does that, you know, it's not glaring, but I think the percentage is a little bit higher than you'd want to see. So, Potentially some growth there. And then obviously, because this can be, this almost goes without saying for most of these sorts of players, the routes are developing. So it's not obviously a finished product here with that either. But he's a he's an athletic slot tight end that had 2.23 yards per route, route run last year, which was one of the top in the entire country for a tight end. So I think there's some untapped potential with Nesbitt here uh, with a, with a bigger workload that should be incoming. It, yeah. The, the biggest turnoff with Nesbitt was the blocking. Cause it was like, Oh, all right. Right. Or, because he's just, he stands up straight and he like catches the defender. It's like, yeah, that's, that's not good. But as a six, five, 235 pound slot receiver, it's pretty smooth, you know, like catching it over the seam and going post and all that. It It's a little reminiscent of like an underdeveloped version of Luke Musgrave, what he was last year, where Musgrave was, you know, this, this tall, lanky player that could outrun linebackers or safeties if you put them on them and then, you know, use those long limbs to create the separation and get the catch radius. So I'm, I'm interested because, I mean – Drake May is losing Josh Downs, who is his number one target, so he's going to have to redistribute that wealth. And so if Nesbitt is a part of their plan going into next year, then, I mean, you could see him jump up these rankings. So I can see the logic in, in putting him at five and then seeing where he goes here and just keeping an eye on him all year. And he's a young player because he's only yeah. a junior. So that that's all very nice. And it, it feels like he needs to almost – like it, it feels like he just hit a growth spurt. Like that, that's how I feel. The watching him is like he's kind of gangly, and you know he's not a hundred percent comfortable in his body yet. But you know, if he fills out a little bit, you know, gets a little stocky, and then uh, you know gets gets comfortable in the tight end role, that could be he could be a, a nice player. Yeah, it really is the epitome of a player that is still very much in a developmental phase, both physically 
and with his game and in his own offense. I mean, there are so many moving parts with Nesbitt, but it's the sort of guy that you sit here now and you say, okay, if he, if they target him, if he's on the field more, if he's getting more targets, if, if Drake May is leaning on him, I think if he can capitalize on that situation, I think we're talking about him in this sort of a way uh, come the end of the season. Exciting. All right. So number four in this class, Colin. Number four in this class, Colin, is Jatavion Sanders out of Texas. Do you have him on your list? I do have him on the list. Okay. And he is higher. Okay. Um, so, Jatavion Sanders. We This this player we watched a lot last year because we were watching Texas a lot. We'll be watching him a lot this year, too. You know, we had Bijan last year, obviously was must-see television. Uh, opened my eyes to DeMarvion Overshone. And then this year, you got Quinn Ewers, you got Jatavion Sanders, you got Worthy. So we are looking at a interesting Texas team, and he is an interesting cog in this offense. Uh, number zero, first of all, love it. I, you know, the numbers might not matter to some people. Matters to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> matters to me because it's, it's sick stuff, man. It really is. Uh, it's a numbers game. So, Jatavion Sanders, he's a he's a bigger tight end. He's not huge, but he's six four two fifty. So that's a, a solid size. Uh, I saw a so so blocker. You know, he he was he doesn't feel like he holds his spot well. He's like he's sitting back, and he's never like pushing a guy off the spot, no matter who he's blocking, whether it's a linebacker, safety, corner. Like every once in a while, maybe, but on the majority of plays, it feels like he's just trying to hold it down. It's almost like a pass block thing, even on run blocks, because they they ran him across on a lot of inside zone and trap stuff where he would come across and crack that D end. He's never making headway on that block, so. That, that concerned me a good amount because, I mean, he is unlike a guy like Bryson Nesbitt. He is a bigger, thicker guy that should be able to move people off their spot and should be a better blocker. Uh, and then his routes felt a little lazy to me. So that that's why I kept him a little lower. I thought he was going to be higher on my list because it's a name I'm familiar with and it's a guy that... I I liked and seemed to show up quite a bit in the Texas games, but I I was a little cooler on him. So I'm interested to hear where he's at for you and and how you feel about him. Yeah, no, I I think I well, okay, I have him at number two. Ooh, all right. I have him at number two, but I'm not surprised that you have him lower. And okay. to be quite honest with you. It's more a product of the class yes. that he's at number two for me. Because there are, like, I think, like you said, we came out of college football last year, and, you know, this player had some big-time flashes last year. And I, you know, you come into this process thinking, like, this guy's a stud. You know, he's not on the same level as our top guy here, but he should be, you know, 
he should be number two. And what what I what happened for me was that I watched him, and I kind of sat there and said, you know, really, Is, yep. this was it. But uh, you you go through the rest of the list, man. And I mean, you just you yeah. just don't find any players that have the skeleton that he <laughs> has. So. I mean, this this one for me really is all about what do you project this player to become? Can he develop his very raw game right now into something that matches the physical tools that he has? Uh, and if he can do that, he has everything really that you're looking for to become a sort of great tight end or at least a an above average tight end at the nfl level but it's a scary one it is a scary one this player is i i I kept coming back to watching on when i was watching him and i kept saying to myself this is gonna be the tight end that you that could go that could be like a fringe first round sort of guy in the nfl but it's also the sort of player that we have seen fizzle out quickly at the NFL level if if they cannot speed up the development time, the timeline. So all of that window dressing, what did I see actually with Jatavian Sanders? First of all, the blocking is bad. It's it's not just so so. I thought it was bad. And a lot of it for me comes down to what you were just referencing where he doesn't go into guys. He is not he, he he is not an aggressive player. I wrote in my notes that he doesn't block with that dog mentality. He just doesn't want that. He it's almost like he's letting guys come into him. He's putting his body where it where he thinks it needs to be. But he's not engaging. He's not getting his hands on somebody first. He's letting them come into him. And so many times that is just going to be a recipe for disaster. I mean, turn on the Alabama game. I mean, I I get it, man. It's Will Anderson. But, like, that's what I'm saying. If you're trying to get this guy to pass block an edge rusher at the NFL level, it's it's embarrassing, quite honestly. Will Anderson destroyed Jatavian Sanders uh on a bull rush it, it was like he just was like okay yeah uh, why are you here like tossed him to the side you're done <laughs> like it was very very suspect for me so imagine what Bijan's stats could have been if Jatavian Sanders was a good run blocker right. on those on those inside zone and, and the trap plays where he was coming across if he actually could move a guy off his spot Man, Bijan could add four thousand yards. Exactly. So that was the first thing that stood out to me. Now, again, I said this in the beginning. It's dynasty. It's fantasy. I'm interested in the pass catching ability. You know, you got to be able to stay on the field. But a player like this, you know, he does offer you a lot already as a pass catcher. That is one thing here that I think for as raw as his game is. I mean, so background five-star athlete he was an edge rusher and a tight end in high school and he actually projected as an edge recruit for the first couple years 
Uh, and then as it got, you know, his junior senior year, it started to become apparent that he was adding more and more playmaking on the offensive side to the point where then he was recruited to Texas to play tight end. So it's a player that hasn't really lived in this, you know, he, he hasn't just been a tight end for his whole life type of thing. You know, this is an athlete that got kind of pushed into the tight end position because of the tools that he has. So that's one thing that, you know, this is obviously a developing player. And that being said, last season, 54 catches, 613 yards and five touchdowns. He had the most receptions by a tight end in Texas history. And this is a player we're talking about like raw needing development. You know, yeah. he's already putting that that sort of production uh, on tape at Texas. So it, it really is a sky is the limit, but the floor is terrifying type of a player for me. Um, and I just, in a class like this, it was worth, it's worth the swing at this point to say, this is the number two guy in the class for me, just because I didn't see anybody else below that, that had the same level of athletic upside as Jatavian Sanders. Yeah, I, I can see that for sure. And he was actually fairly consistent in terms of like production after you get past, you know week four then then it's like pretty consistent what he's putting in the box score what he's putting out on the field and he's good after the catch and like you said he's athletic and he has good hands all that like as a a receiver it's all pretty promising and it's all what you want to see and i i'm just worried about him you know winning over an nfl coach with the the stuff that he put on tape on the other part of his job because you know you got to do the other half in order to be a tight end so and like you said he hasn't been playing tight end long so it's very well i mean i'm sure that's that's a focal point for them because they see it too it's not like everybody else can see it and texas can't so i'm sure that's something that they're focusing on and something that he's working on and we'll see improvement uh, so if we see some sizable improvement, he very well could jump up this list because I mean, like you said, the, you, you could take your pick with, with these guys, you know, after one, it's all kind of, you know, pick your poison. Who do you like? What do you like? What, what kind of traits are you looking for? What interests you? And Jatavion Sanders very well could be your type. Okay, we're already getting we're already getting a little spicy on the tight end episode. I love yeah. it. Um, now I'm really curious, actually, because I I'm curious based on your comments before we started. I don't think we have the same two and three. It doesn't sound like flopped. Yeah. Okay, well let me just why don't I just tell you who my number four tight end is? My number four tight end is Eric All from Iowa. There it is. Transfer, but he is at tight end U as of now. So who is Eric All? He was a four-star recruit, tight end 13 in 2019, committed to Michigan and was there for four years. 
but missed nearly all of 2022 due to, quote, life-changing back-slash-spinal surgery. There are no, there's no information as to what that means, what the condition was, if it was an injury, if it was a pre-existing condition. There's no info on the webs. All it says is that he had the surgery, he missed the rest of the year after I believe it was week three, and he is cleared to play football this year at Iowa, as far as I could tell. He also left Michigan in a very sort of cryptic fashion with a series of tweets where he implied that people at Michigan are not what they appear to be or something (laughs) along those lines. There's a lot of weirdness that comes into 2023 with Eric all. Now that being said, actually I want to check. You don't have him on the list. No. Did you watch him? I watched a bit, but not much. Once I saw that he had, a life-altering back injury, <laughs> right. I kind of just took him off my list. See, there's so. a lot of qualifiers here. <laughs> like, I could take this guy off my list because of this. 2021 Eric All for Michigan, I thought was a very, very good player. Uh, specifically as a route runner. I think this was the player... After number one, you get into this cluster of, you know, athletes and other, you know, players that have, you know, put up big stat lines, whatever. You're digging through all this stuff. Everybody that I watched, I didn't see a better route runner at the tight end position than Eric All, based on the film that he put out in 2021. Uh, Slant routes are nasty. He has a two-way go move that he cooked several slot corners with. I mean, it was he has a hesitation move off the stem, and they just they just get lost. And and he shows the ability to break either way effectively. He can snap it off really well and work that sort of, you know, five to ten yard range with just precision over and over and over again. He can also threaten the seam, but it's not something that he does often. And he's also not, in my opinion, based on what I saw, I don't think he's like an exceptional athlete. So he doesn't really work down the field too much. And I don't know that he has the ability to do that consistently at the NFL level. So what I came away thinking with Eric all is high floor, probably low ceiling tight end at the NFL level. The The question mark when you say high floor is there might be a large <laughs> looming medical red flag that could completely disqualify him come draft time. So uh, the based on that and based on the fact that he is now a bit of an older player, he'll be 24 by the time he's drafted. Uh, that knocks him down a little bit as well. But if you're talking about pure technician, pure technique as a, as a route runner, as a tight end, I thought Eric all was one of the best in the class. Good frame. Like you said, very nice, uh, in and out of his breaks. 
and probably again like you said one of the best in the class if not the best in the class uh and you also see somebody like darnell washington who's physically gifted who's you know a, a freak athlete and not not as maybe technically sound as eric all but i'd say a better prospect in general fall free fall on the draft board because of a red flag knee issue so i i just I, temper my expectations with someone especially with a back injury and a tight end that is just a career killer you know i i know we don't know details but the small details that we do have the adjectives that are used <laughs> with the reports are bad so that is just going to be something that I am going to stay away from because I assume NFL teams are going to stay away from it. So I, I'm just going to follow suit there and be be a little cautious with that one. And we'll see. I mean, if yeah. he if he can put up a full season this year and look good and look healthy and, you know, maybe that's enough to sort of quiet that you know, potential black cloud that is kind of hanging over his NFL evaluation right now. But again, we have no idea at this point and it's summer. So we're taking swings. That's what I'm saying. I like that. Number three on your list, Colin. Okay. We're getting interesting here. Okay. Because I mean, our, our four and five aren't the same. My number four is your number two. Uh, I have a guy that, that that's near and dear to my heart at number three. It's Jaheim Bell. I knew it. Yeah. So we're back <laughs> on the, the Jaheim Bell train. And did he have a good season last year? No, he didn't. Um, I'll, I'll save you guys the trouble. Uh, he had 235 receiving yards, but in his defense, the whole team stunk. Um, so it, it was pretty ugly all around with that, that game Cox team and Spencer Rattler, you know, he was pretty gross to watch. Uh, so they also ran he ran the ball too much, like way too much for a guy that is supposed to be a tight end. I mean, 74 carries for 257 rushing yards and three rushing touchdowns. He was playing a lot of fullback. So they they said before the season, they're like, we're going to use this guy like Debo Samuel. And then, I mean, if if – being Debo Samuel means you both catch the ball and the run the ball. Yes, technically, you did use him like Debo Samuel, but you also have to be like creative with your play calling. You know, Kyle Shanahan, good coach, good play caller. Uh, this bozo, not so much. So, uh, Jaheim Bell transfers to Florida State. He's now a Seminole, uh, and that is a team we have our eyes on. I mean, we talked about him decent amount this year. So, is he a good blocker? <laughs> no. <laughs> also, no. 
But what can he bring to an offense? Uh, he can run the ball, obviously. You know, that's all they wanted to do with him at South Carolina. Uh, but he's also, you know, the, the reason they want to give him the ball is because he's so good after the catch. You know, he is, I think, the second best guy after the catch in this class. Uh, he has the speed. I mean, he breaks tackles. He makes guys miss. He's a fine route runner. It's not great, but it's not, you know, the worst that I've seen. Uh, and he can make contested catches. He's 6'3", 232, 235. So he's, a, he's not a, a huge player, but that allows him to be a little more fluid. So I'm interested to see what we're going to do here at Florida State with Jaheim Bell and not use him so strangely. This is a player that we talked about heading into last season as a potential prospect because of his playmaking ability at the tight end position. And then you referenced, of course, the quote from last summer where South Carolina saw Debo Samuel in this player. We're going to use him all over the place. Well, you you said it yourself. It was a bit of a disaster last year. And at this point in the process with Jaheim Bell, this is another player that didn't make my top five and that I am pushing into the corner until <laughs> we can see something that shows us that he can have a role that isn't just a gadget player at the next level. Because I'm hopeful that the transfer to Florida State, we will get to see him used in a better, ideally, way. Um, and like you said, I mean, in terms, he still is a, he still is the playmaker that we talked about going into last season. I mean, you talk about yards after the catch. He only had 195, but if you do the per reception, it was 8.1, which is one of the better totals among tight ends from last season. So this is still an effective playmaker with the ball in his hands. I don't, you know, the rushing thing, like, it, will he be, you know, a fullback? I don't think so because, like you said, he's not really a blocker either. I mean, a 40-run <laughs> block grade from PFF last year. I mean, it, so this is such a weird player that I was, like, ready to go to battle for going into last year, but now I'm just uh, just terrified. I'm, like, I, I'm, not, I'm not ready for the Jaheim Bell experience quite yet. <laughs> I'm suiting up for battle. You know, I'm in. I loved this player last year. I still love the player because he's the same player. It's just they want to throw him screens and hand him the ball. And, you know, they're trying to utilize his best skill set. But they also just didn't utilize any of his other skill sets, which I think is strange. And you mentioned, you know, he had a – he only had 195 yards after catch. Well, that's all but 40 of his receiving yards. So he only has 235 receiving yards to work with, and 195 of them are after the catch. So it's all, it, I think, a pretty gross. Like, he, his average eight out is 3.8. He had a negative four eight out in the game. <laughs> 
what are we doing? <laughs> so it's not great. It's not. It's not ideal. So I, I'm just interested to see him on a functioning offense. That that I feel like will help him quite a bit. So if the will he improve as a blocker? I hope so. But given the traits that I've seen out of him as a you know a guy that can be used in a variety of ways on an offense it feels like he can be a huge piece of an offense and he just needs to find a team that'll use him that way i hope so man this <laughs> is a fun player he is yeah he is a fun player i'm rooting for him i'm i'm I've become a Seminoles fan. I've realized through the, pro- yeah, the pro- same course of summer scouting this year. So we'll be watching a lot of them and hoping for great things out of Jaheim Bell. But man, these top fives, man, they're getting they, they they're could getting be weird. Any more, yeah, let's you see. have a number two that I'm pretty sure isn't on my list at all because I'll tell you who my number three is right now. Not one, but two Iowa tight ends have made my top five. My number three tight end is Luke Lachey, also of the Hawkeyes. <laughs> that is not your number two, I'm guessing. It's not my number two. <laughs> when you dropped the Iowa tight end comment before we started, I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> well, I got two of them. So, um, All right. Let's talk about Luke Lachey. So... Background, four-star recruit, tight end six in 2020. In 2022, for the Hawkeyes, he had 28 catches, 382 yards, and four touchdowns. Remember, he's playing behind Sam Laporta last year. Great player. Um, Love that guy. Last three games for Lachey, 15 catches on 22 targets, 202 yards, and two touchdowns. Not he bad. had over 50% of his yards in the last three weeks. Laporta did miss one of those games. And in the game that Laporta missed, he had 10 targets. For me, again, we're talking about projection. What is this going to look like? I think Lachey has the sort of game that is going to make him a focal point for the Hawkeyes this year. They have a new quarterback coming in with Cade McNamara. Obviously, McNamara played with Eric All at Michigan. There might already be a connection there, but uh, as of right now, Lachey is listed as tight end one on Iowa's depth chart, and I think there's enough buzz here that suggests that he will have a a featured role in this offense, and they'll be going 12 personnel. It's Iowa. All and Lachey will be on the field all the time together. Um, But who is Luke Lachey? He's a big frame, athletic tight end. This guy is a large human. He comes in at 6'6", 253. So, you know, he's not quite that 260, 265 of like a Michael Mayer sort of a build, but he does fit more into that. He's not quite a lanky tight end. He has a bit of a stockier, more filled out build. And despite that, he is a very fluid athlete. There is not a ton of routes on tape from Luke Lachey 
last year. But in what you can find, he's a very fluid mover who can do a few things after the catch as well. He's very strong. He can, you know, guys will be hanging off of him. He has a play, I believe it's against Nebraska, where he has like two or three defenders on him at the five-yard line, and he carries himself into the end zone for a touchdown. I mean, for me, it really was I watched this player in limited action and thought about what is this going to look like this year without Sam Laporta. And I really think this could be a huge year for Luke Lachey, and he's going to put himself in a conversation uh, that maybe he's not quite in as of right now. Luke Lachey, this is a good bet from you because it's an Iowa tight end. It's a big frame, and this is TEU. Uh, unfortunately, if you go in, you know, on YouTube, which everybody has access to go youtube.com. We'll talk you through it. Go Luke Lachey, L A C H E Y. Uh, you'll see his basketball highlights are 10 times the length of his football highlights. So that, that is, uh, a little bit concerned. No, uh, he's, he's a good ball player and there's just not a lot out there that I could watch. So I I couldn't form an opinion strong enough to put him up here. Like I have a star by his name because, you know, he's the the prototypical size. He's at the school. You see the, the Nebraska player that you mentioned. It's like gets you fired up. And, you know, it, it's that kind of tight end that, you know, breaks tackles and uh, has good hands and all of that. But I, I couldn't I couldn't get myself there with a strong enough opinion to like put him I I up at number two? Three. Three, because you have Jatavian Jatavian Sanders. Sanders is number so two. put him at number three. But I I think I mean it, it's a it's a smart bet to see him go into that uh you know, at tight end one spot with Laporta leaving. And go check out the, the high school basketball highlights they are pretty <laughs> sick i mean he's got good touch you know he lifts up pretty well he, he can he can put it down he's strong in the post you know he does a lot of good things broad shoulders uh and he looks a lot bigger now at iowa than he did in this you know basketball tape so uh multi-sport athlete you gotta love boom i mean i i do have to say too i know you know it's so I was going in cause I was impressed with Lachey and there, you know, I didn't want to watch the basketball highlights. I was like, who are you as a tight end? I was watching, you know, Iowa, Nebraska, Iowa, Minnesota, like the condensed games yeah. that they put up, just like just trying to, to get 85. any routes, any blocks out of Lachey that I possibly could. And I got to tell you, man, blocking, he improved a lot over the course of the year as a blocker as well. And that was something where I think you see his frame uh, and you think, okay, this guy should be able to hold his own as a blocker. And there were, there were just times where he looked a little bit lost. He wasn't really engaging blocks uh, in the way that you were hoping to see from him. But by the end of the year, during that three game stretch where his pass catching ability came to life his blocking also came alive a little bit. And, you know, PFF has him graded. I think his last three games were his highest graded run blocking 
weeks of the season, but you know, you put on the film as well and he's sealing off runs, big runs, big plays for Iowa. I mean, he was instrumental in some of the bigger runs that they had. And um, so I saw, you see a lot of growth out of him in both areas through the season. It's a very exciting player that carried a lot of momentum into this 2023 season. So he's maybe he's not at number three in terms of the tape that he has put out yet, but man, I I think in terms of guys that I'm just excited to see what they can be this year, Lachey is near the top of that list for, for tight ends. Certainly. I mean, very fundamentally sound. He's a really good (laughs) passer out of the post. I mean, the jump shot is really impressive. He gets out on the break well for a big guy, very fluid mover. Uh, I mean, moves well without the ball in his hands, which a lot of big guys don't do. Is this an NBA? Did we become an NBA draft good, podcast all good of a sudden? Touch I, around, I mean, good touch around the rim. How about that Wembanyana guy? That guy's not bad. <laughs> Good interior shot defense. Uh, I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'm signing me up for Luke Lachey. Boom. All right. So, yeah. Jatavian Sanders is my number two. So right. I only have one player left. And you have a number two player left. I do. And my and who number is two that? is not on your list. Right. It's Cade Stover. Cade Stover? Out of Ohio State. Yeah. Okay. Oh wow. Oh, that's cold right there. Yeah. <laughs> no, go ahead. I would like to hear it. Okay. Uh, Kate Stover. So, was I blown away by Kate Stover? I can't say I was, but he is a sound player, and that is more or less what I'm looking for out of a tight end. Is uh, can you block? Can you catch the ball and can you run after the catch? And Cade Silver does two of those things really well. Uh, run after the catch, it's fine. You know, there, there's a lot of times he's not making the first guy miss. And ideally, with a guy that's six four, almost two sixty, you want to be shedding those DB tackles pretty easily. And it doesn't seem like that happens a lot with Stover. Every once in a while, you'll see a flash and they'll be like, "Oh." Where did this come from? You know, do that every time. Uh, but, again, that just doesn't show up very often. So, I he just feels like a very safe player to me. It, it feels like a high-floor kind of player. It feels like someone that is a solid route runner that can block and is good on second reaction plays, which is pretty important for a tight end. He's a, a safety blanket kind of guy. So all of this, you know, leads me to a conclusion where it's like, all right, I took my, my Jaheim Bell, which is my playmaking freak, you know, Jatavion Sanders, a guy that has all the tools, but maybe isn't a good blocker. And then, you know, my top two guys are more well-rounded sound guys. My second guy, much less than my first guy, but, uh, yeah, Stover, he's not a Supreme athlete. That's for sure. Uh, but I, I think he does everything pretty well. I think we saw him basically the same. It's just the fact that <laughs> we came to different him, conclusions. Well, yeah, 
<laughs> I saw him as a very limited fantasy ceiling player. Okay. Like, I think you, like, I saw him the same. Good blocker, safety valve, sort of a guy, low ceiling, you know, athlete, but very sound all-around guy. To me, that just screams, you know, your number two tight end, you know, in the NFL. This is a guy that you're going to get in on your run sets and he's going to help out and he'll occasionally be able to catch the pass, catch passes every now and then. But for me, it was more about, you know, what do I see you as in terms of a fantasy ceiling, as a receiving ceiling in the NFL? And to be quite honest, I think Cade Stover is one of the more well-rounded tight ends in the group. And you're talking about, you know, there are only so many of these athletic, you know, home run swing tight ends that are going to end this year in this conversation. I think you do end up seeing that Cade Stover is a top five tight end in this class. Um, but in terms of fantasy, I'm just, I wasn't in love with his game and maybe he'll show us a little bit more because I mean, last year was his first real action and, uh, he's, I mean, 36 catches, 406 yards and five touchdowns. That's not a bad stat line for a guy who, you know, is, is, uh, you know, good blocker and has all of yeah. those elements to his game. So if we can see more of that out of him this year and, and it becomes easier to project him as a volume pass catcher in the NFL, then yeah, he's definitely a top five tight end for me in for dynasty in this class. Yeah. I think, I mean, he's like the fourth or fifth target on this Ohio state team and he's right. going to continue to be. And that's not necessarily because he's bad. It like it has to do a lot with the wide receiver room. Yeah. It's like, not bad, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did we just talk it's, about it last week? It's okay. <laughs> at, at worst it's okay. You know? Yeah. So Silver, he, he feels like he shows up in the big moments, you know, he's there, he's, he's doing his thing he's available and he's going to be drafted by a team that needs a tight end, which is at the end of the day, what I'm going to care about is he's probably going to be, I mean, as of now, one of the top like three tight ends off the board in the NFL draft, because obviously our number one guy will probably go round one. Uh, and then after that, who knows? So Stover has all of the fittings to play on an NFL team. And then it's just a matter of what system is he going to be in? Is he going to get targets, all that? But that's a question, in my opinion, for a later date. For me, it's can you get drafted in the top three rounds in the NFL? And then what team is going to how – are, how are you going to be used? Because I think he has the ability to, you know – get in the end zone. I mean, how many tight ends are relevant in the NFL? We could get into that discussion later, you know, <laughs> but with somebody that has all of the little things that don't need to be tuned up where a lot of these guys do, you know, that a lot of these guys need to figure out how to block, you know, they need to be better route runners, uh, questionable hands, you know, who knows about their role, Silver has all those little things that NFL teams don't need to tune up. 
And so it'll be an easier plug and play for Stover. So you'll be able to at least get on the field and then we'll see what goes on after that. Okay. So what we learned here, and this is going to surprise nobody that has ever heard me or you talk is that (laughs) I like big, long, raw athletes at the tight end position. Uh, and you like shorter, stockier, good blockers. And yep. with with pass catching upside, yep. who's right and who's wrong? I don't think there's an answer to that. It's tight ends, baby. It is tight ends. It's all about what are you looking for in your tight end? <laughs> well, I can tell you something right now. No matter what you are looking for in your tight end, the number one player on this list has it. And the number one player on this list is an unbelievably special talent. Did you have the same experience watching Brock Bowers that I did? I sat down and I was like, all right, I'm not going to watch Brock Bowers first because I did this last year where I would, I would watch who I knew my number one player is first just to get my notes down. And then you go like down the list and you, you check off all the other guys. So it was like you'd watch Bijan first, you'd watch Jackson first, you'd watch Will Anderson first. And then everybody else kind of looks bad in comparison. This time I saved Brock Bowers for last to take my notes on him. And I was like, oh my God, what a breath of fresh air. It felt like seeing an ice cold glass of water after trekking <laughs> through the desert for three months. It was like, thank god we made it and then watching him was like you know the most refreshing thing so i think we had a i don't know if your your experience was quite that spiritual but it it was there for me oh no it was and i (laughs) but see the problem is that i made the mistake i watched him first and it's real hard (laughs) To go through this list of players after watching Brock Bowers and come away satisfied with really anybody. I mean, I think I probably would have even liked Jatavian Sanders a little bit more than I did if I didn't watch him immediately after Brock <laughs> Bowers. I mean, I, I honestly, it, it's an amazing feeling when you have hype and you have a bias and a preconception about a player and you go into the film like you I I don't know about you I kind of go into it like when when there's these sorts of players I'm like you know what can I find that's wrong with them yeah like I want to prove somebody wrong here yeah like what why does everybody love that you can't do it with Brock Bowers you just can't he was better than I expected him to be like he was better than I expected him to be. And I already basically knew that he was going to be the number one tight end in this class. I came away saying to myself, this is one of the best football players at his position at the college level that I've ever seen in my entire life. How's that for a hype train? Okay. This is one of the that's, best that's the TikTok pure clip, prospects that I've ever watched in college in my life. Yep. 
that's, that's Brock the Bowers. There it is. That's the clip. Yeah. <laughs> that's the clip. So let's talk about what it is about Brock Bowers that makes him absolutely special. First of all, who is this player? Where did he come from? This is a four-star recruit. He was tight end two in 2021. Then he comes in to the best team in college football, the national championship Georgia Bulldogs, as a true freshman and has 882 yards on 56 catches and 13 touchdowns. As a true freshman in the SEC playing on the best team in the sport. <laughs> that just doesn't happen ever. <laughs> like, <laughs> what is that? And so obviously that was what puts him on everybody's radar. And of course he follows it up last season with 63 catches for 942 yards and seven touchdowns. So, I mean, it, it, what can you say about Brock Bauer's ability with, I mean, I, I please, you please talk. I can't even get my <laughs> words into a stream right now. Brock Bowers is, I can't, what, what, what are we doing? <laughs> the what, podcast is over. It's <laughs> over. We're done. We're done. Okay. So. What did I write down? Because this yeah. is where this is yep. I got to use my notes because I'm yep. speechless. So blocking, fantastic. I mean, great blocker, better than anybody else I watched. Even Cade Stover, who's like six four two sixty. You know, sorry, uh, Brock Bowers is better at it than you. Uh, contested catching, he can catch the ball at any point in his catch radius. He has a massive catch radius. It's like he can pluck it off the turf. He can go up over the top of somebody. I mean, outstretched left, right, doesn't matter. So that's awesome too. Yak, good gravy. I mean, what are we doing? This guy can, like, sorry, I'm going to invoke a name. Rob Gronkowski looks a lot like it. He's like, the way he sticks his leg in the ground and just changes directions, goodbye. Sorry about it. And they, like, hand him the ball off, and he's just burning people. What's going on? Why is he that fast and that powerful as a, like, so all of this adds up to, I mean, easily the best tight end that I've watched in the last two years. He would have easily been, like, a mid-first-round pick in 2023. I'd say that with all conviction. You would have probably gone over – I mean, I can't even – when you go talk about, like, Will McDonald going to the Jets, Brock Bowers easily take him over. Oh, him. yeah. He he would have – no doubt he's the top pass catcher drafted last year. Yeah. No doubt about that. I think he pushes top ten as a, as, I, a, as a true sophomore. I can't believe how good he is just off the line of scrimmage. As a tight end, it's like if he's getting pressed, see ya. What is like so? 
what are the flaws in the game? Don't know. I I honestly I I'm in a I'm in a tough position where like I want to say the thing and I'm scared to, but he feels like a bust proof kind of prospect. And so since it's a tight end, now he's going to be a bust. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so okay. Agree with everything you said. I mean, extraordinary athlete at the tight end position. I mean, it's it's out of this world. When you, I mean, because you watch these guys and you kind of have to remind yourself that you're not watching wide receivers. Like when they're not really crisp out of their cuts and they're not really like snapping their routes off well, it's like, okay, yeah, you're like 250 pounds. Like it's fine. It's that, that was fine. Brock Bowers, I mean, okay, yeah, he's a little bit smaller, 6'4", 230. But he moves like a player that's like 190 pounds. You got to remind yourself that he is a tight end. Right. And like a real one. You know, yeah. it's, he's not like a gimmick tight end. You know, you like. Know, you know Harold Perkins <laughs> out of LSU, the, the, yes. the linebacker? Brock Bowers made him his bitch when they played in the SEC championship game a few times where he just manhandled them. That's a good linebacker. That's a linebacker. That's going to be going in gonna the 2024 draft one type of player in a couple we'll, of years. Yeah. We'll be talking about him. So that, that, and then he goes out and he does these just amazing things as a receiver. Yeah. I, it's, I don't understand it. I don't understand how he can move in the ways that he moves. I mean, you talk about planting in the open field. It's lightning. It's just yeah. he sticks it and he is just gone. And it's like there is no way to defend that. I mean, you you need if you're trying to cover this guy with safeties or I mean, God forbid, linebackers, like <laughs> there is no possible way that any of those players are going to be able to hang with him. It's just not possible. Uh, he's only, you know, we talk about size with tight ends. And, you know, 6'4", 230 is on the smaller side. He completely erases it because of his athleticism. You talk about him at the catch point. Absolutely dominant player. 13 contested catches on 17 opportunities. That is unbelievably like <laughs> four four missed catches in contested situations and it's because he can just leap i mean he's six four he's getting up over anybody with his ver i mean this vertical is going to be just ab absurd it's going to be absurd um great strength despite the smaller you know the smaller frame 230 the strength is great there's a clip he's carrying four guys down the field for like 10 yards in one of the games. I didn't, didn't write down which one it was, but he's got four tacklers draped on him and he just carries them down the middle of the field for like 10 yards. Um, and you, I mean the yards after catch thing, just to hammer that home, he led all tight ends and yards after catch in both years that he's played college football as a true freshman as a true sophomore he has led college football tight ends in yards after the catch nobody can touch him from the second he walked onto campus in terms of what he can do with the ball in his hands 
And you talk about how do we find a weakness with this player? And the only thing, the only thing that I can even think to talk about here is the fact that he is such an amazing athlete and they know that just getting the ball into his hands is a recipe for big-time success. So what do you see a lot on his film? End-arounds, run plays, you know, seam routes where, like, no nobody's touching him. I think the only thing that maybe you could sit here today and say is the way that he's used in college football is not exactly the way that you're going to use him at the NFL level. So if we can see more of the sorts of routes that he's going to need to run, and I have, I have no concerns. I have absolutely zero concerns that he can do anything you ask of him. But that's going to be the thing this year where if they can expand the way that they're using him and get him into some more situations that it's easier to say, okay, that's what he's going to do in the NFL, and he is the best at that too. That's the only thing right now that I can think to say. Yeah, I, I think that's totally fair. And this is this is good offense though. <laughs> like Oh yeah, no. No, no, totally. I, I know. I know I know you don't disagree with that. I'm just saying like we talked about how Jaheim Bell was used. And how that was like a travesty. This <laughs> is like a a real put together offense with like play calling and sequencing and all that. And you, they just use Brock Bowers as like, who, who do we want getting the ball? We're putting him in that spot. Like it's it's regardless of position. It's regardless of you know anything. It's like, hey, this end around, it's going to Brock Bowers. It's not going to our running back. It's not going to our wide receiver on a reverse. No, it's going to Brock Bowers. You know that they run a. That that it, it reminded me of the uh, the Packers in their prime with Rodgers and and Devante, where it would just be like a check, and it'd be like I'm just throwing you the ball, go win, you know, go beat the DBs because you're better than them, and they would just go there about six yards out. Bennett would just throw it to Brock Bowers, and Brock Bowers just go make people miss. It's like, what are they gonna do to get their best player the football? That's the play they're running for him. So he plays the X, he plays the Z, he plays the F, he plays the Y. I mean, it, it's all there. Everything is there. So, I mean, is that going to be his role in the NFL? Unlikely. I mean, it's Travis Kelsey's role. I mean, he doesn't carry the ball, but he does all the other stuff. But that's a one of one. So it's unlikely that that's going to be how it works in the NFL, but – Get the right coach, the right situation. Who knows? I So the big question here is uh, it's summer, it's July, but when we talk about, you know, we're getting close here to the end of summer scouting. You think about the class as a whole right now. Where does this player get drafted in dynasty drafts? I'm making my list right now. So just to, because I I get we got Marvin as our one hundred and one, you know, well, I'm assuming you'll take your RB one shortly after that because you know I'm gonna take Rocket Sanders. Uh, 
I'll probably, I mean, depending on how Braylon Allen's season goes, I'd probably go Braylon at three. And then, I mean, do we entertain it? <laughs> You're four? too low for me. You have too low. You're too I'd low say, already. I'd for say me. Four, four is where I'm like, that's where I can start to entertain it. I mean, at this point in time, based on what I've seen, he's number two. <laughs> Kyle Pitts had an that's, ADP that's of fair. two. That's fair. There's a precedent here, and there's also an argument that you could make. That he's a better That prospect. he's even better. That's the fourth overall pick in the NFL and a number two ADP in Dynasty as a tight end. Brock Bowers is going, no doubt, like undeniably he's going top 10 in the NFL draft and probably not near 10. I could could easily see it because, you know, I'm sitting here, I'm like, yeah, Marvin's won. I think that we can agree there, right? Yes, I agree okay. with that. And then I I feel like I almost feel required to go running back too. But I think you're right. I think that by the time the draft comes around, there's not going to be a player you're more certain about. Take was, the best player. Yeah. Take the best player. And we, you know, I like this running back class. I do. And I think they are going to answer questions that we have this season. That's going to make it even more apparent that this is a good running back class. But right now, the top end of this running back class for me is nowhere near the level of talent that Brock Bowers has. Like I feel so safe like like you said he he feels nearly bust proof based on what he can do at his position and i know it's a very touchy subject in fantasy with the tight ends and you know obviously even kyle pitts is uh, that's a work in progress and people are still waiting you know i don't think that's going to scare people from taking a player like this in a similar spot yeah, I think you're right, and we're that's terrifying. I think, I think you might have talked me into it, because <laughs> I mean, watching this player is different than watching any of the running backs, because there there are times where you watch somebody and you're like, oh, this is different, and this is one of those times, and I, I didn't feel that at all with the running back class. I mean, it it doesn't happen often, and. Sometimes you almost forget what it feels like until you see it happen again. Yeah, exactly. And then you're like, oh, wait a minute. This is something special. This is yeah. what special means. Right. Because we, we sit here and we're like, you, we watch so many players. It's like right. we're watching however many guys to prepare for these episodes. And it's like, eventually you're like, okay, I got to get through another one. Yeah. You know, like let's watch, let's get through. Oh yeah! By the time you, you know, got to tight end seven, tight end, if you yeah, watched seven, like, eight man. guys, I mean, you're these are players that are not <laughs> and sniffing. You're, you're waiting to to be excited. Yeah. You're like hoping that something excites you, and then you get to this guy, and it's like just a thrill. It's just like cinema. So yeah, uh, yeah. Well, let's just slot Brock Bowers at ADP two. 
and we'll get there. We'll get there when we get done with summer scouting. We'll take a look at the body of work and this class as a whole, but I'm just priming myself and you and anybody listening for how high I am going to be on Brock Bowers all year because it's not I, I it's not stopping anytime soon for me. I love it. All right. All aboard the Bowers train. All aboard, baby. It's going to be difficult, much in the same sense as if you watch Brock Bowers and then you try to watch players six, seven, eight on this list, you will be very disappointed. But I will transition us at this point to honorable mentions because the class itself maybe is weaker, but there were still a couple of guys that I think deserve shouts, shout outs on my end. What about you? Uh, I think you mentioned most of mine in okay. your top five. Uh, Gavin Bartholomew is the only one that I was kind of interested out of pit. Uh, he's 6'5", 255. He's a bigger guy. Um, he, I mean, good hands. He's a solid blocker. I, I mean, I obviously didn't love him, didn't make the top five, but just a player that I'm interested to watch because he's a good size and a good mover. For me, Cade Stover would have been amongst players that I talked about here, but outside of that, there are two guys that I am very interested in seeing how this season goes for them. First of all is Theo Johnson from Penn State. Uh, 6'6", 260, former top-ish recruit, has a bit of a pedigree there, and you can see that he's an athlete on the field. One of the biggest issues that I had with Johnson's film is that I like him. I like the size and the athleticism combo, but he ran so many seam routes and <laughs> didn't do a lot else. And he sure wins in the seam, man. Like he, he can make those plays, but uh, outside of that, it was a bit limited. I'd like to see his role expanded. Obviously, Brenton Strange now in the NFL Leaves room here for Theo Johnson to kind of take hold of that tight end one spot there. He also dealt with a, a legal situation a few months ago, though. He uh, punched somebody at a frat party, was charged with assault. There's a little bit, you know, there's all sorts yeah, of weird perfect. stories with this tight end yeah. <laughs> class. Oh, your guy, Ben Urosik. He's not in my honorable mentions. <laughs> He's your guy. He was my guy. He, he was your guy. Last year was not good for Ben. Um, he's off the radar. But in <laughs> his place, let's say, are Theo Johnson and then Cade Prescorn. I've Who never is heard Cade that name Prescorn? In my life. See, I'm going to continue this trajectory of, of throwing <laughs> up a half-court shot every episode so far. Yeah. So the thing about Prescorn is that and I really hope I'm saying that right. I think I am. But Caden, uh, Caden Prescorn is a tight end at Ole Miss right now. He is a transfer from Memphis. He absolutely dominated at Memphis last year. And it was an interesting story because after the season – he, you know, there was talks he could declare, but he decided he's going to come back. He won. He had unfinished business at Memphis, 
And then I think he found out that his name was a little bit more valuable than he maybe even thought it was. And uh, after, you know, being very uh, persistent that he wasn't leaving Memphis, he transfers to Ole Miss and to the SEC. And then he comes out and says, yeah, you know, I'm going to go play SEC football. I'm going to go show (laughs) what I have at this level. So I think he is looking to make a name for himself here. And I think that staff Lane Kiffin and and company really are going to use this player effectively because we've seen tight ends in this offense do big things before. And I think this player has the dual threat nature. He, this is another bigger player, six, six, two fifty-five, good blocker, good with the ball in his hands after the catch uh, obviously another one of these guys where you're like, yeah, the routes are just so, so he's not really, you know, a snappy athlete, but, uh, he's a big man and he can move. And I think he has some money to make this year at Ole Miss. So those were two players, bigger athletic types, shocking that I am <laughs> uh, interested in for this year. All right. I got, I got our last two. We'll just cover every tight end. Yeah. Uh, everyone that'll be out. drafted this year. <laughs> Uh, well, maybe not be drafted because we got Eric Gilbert. <laughs> I wasn't going to do it. I know. I know you weren't. I was waiting to see if you would. And I've, so Eric Gilbert is transferring to Nebraska. Uh, if you weren't with us last season on Camp Dynasty, he was, uh, in the tops of the, you know, who are we watching coming next year? You can say it. He was my tight end one going into the season last year. I wasn't going to say it. And it's also name police. I did find out it is Arik Gilbert. Oh, all right. Name police. All right. Arik Gilbert uh, transferred to Nebraska uh, after his glorious stint at LSU. Um, So it's just a name to watch. You know, he's a very athletic player he's 6'5 255 he's had a lot of off-field issues uh he's had on-field issues because he hasn't been very good when he's played so uh that is somebody and then a player that's actually a real player is Keon Zipperer out of Florida uh he is somebody that popped up on Anthony Richardson's tape last year for me that was kind of interesting he's number nine on that offense if you're tuning in to uh, Anthony Richardson's highlights in the offseason, you'll you'll see a little bit of zipper, and he, he makes a few plays. He's decent after the catch. Uh, he's a little small. He's only 6'1", but he's about 250, so makes up for it a little bit. Uh, so, yeah, that, that's that's what I got for my honorable mentions is Arik Gilbert, who uh, I don't actually think is a real player yet to well, be. What if he was, though? Yes. It's kind of like the Michael Thomas thing, where Michael Thomas has just like disappeared off the face of the planet. Uh, but Arik Gilbert has not been an all-pro. And then Keon Zipperer, who is a real player confirmed, uh, who might not be that good this year because Florida does not have – the most athletic quarterback of all time running their offense, who's going to be a top five pick, but is an interesting player with the ball in his hands. And there it is. Tight ends 2024 capped by one of the best we've ever seen. And then a big mess after <laughs> that, depending on what you're looking for. 
Um, I mean, this such is, is the, the tight end time. position. This is the first time in like Camp Dynasty ranking his episode history that we've just had completely different completely rankings. different rankings. I love it. It's going to be fun. It'll yeah. be fun. We got a lot of names now. I mean, we got like 10 tight ends we're watching now this year uh, closely. We'll see who's able to develop, who's able to do the things that we're hoping to see. And, I mean, it's going to be a lot of fun. And maybe, you know, maybe it ends up being a bit of a deeper class when it's said and done. But I wouldn't hold your breath on that one. I, w- I wouldn't either. <laughs> All right. So that is all of the offensive position groups for the 2024 rookie class. Somehow we are barreling on. Uh, We have one final edition of summer scouting, and that is, of course, the IDPs. If you remember, last year we did tight ends and IDPs together. We only did three of each. Tight ends got their moment this week. IDPs will get theirs next week. So we will go very in-depth on this IDP class and what to expect in all major position groups, D-line, linebacker, and DB. So I'm excited to do that, Colin. Yeah, I can't wait. I haven't gotten – I haven't delved into this IDB class much at all, so – over this next week, it'll definitely be a introduction into yep. who who are who's the who's who in this class. So yeah, same. And you know what starts in a month and two days? College football. <laughs> Caleb oh Williams God. will be on a football field playing against the San Jose State Spartans. I, in a month and two days say more please yeah. say more yeah. that's <laughs> i mean yeah that's incredible and we got you know we'll be done with summer scouting we are barreling like i said towards this college football playoff seat college no not to the playoff yet college football season <laughs> we'll get to the playoff but um so yeah we're gonna be all pumped up ready to go we got a lot of names to keep track of this year at camp dynasty a lot of campers we're keeping our eyes on We'll wrap up summer scouting next week. Like I said, if you enjoyed the discussion about Brock Bowers and company this week, be sure to check us out on Twitter at camp underscore dynasty and TikTok at camp dot dynasty. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel where video feeds of the pods are going up. So check those out. And then of course, like subscribe, rate, review, share, the podcast if you enjoyed it we also appreciate that very much please do please do all the things and we do appreciate all, the all, of, all of the uh all the love on the youtube that we've been getting yes people are checking faces. out the youtube channel that's yeah. cool to see you can see our camp backgrounds and all of the yeah the, look at that smile come on that's what you're <laughs> missing if you don't check out the youtube channel so check us out there but Uh, Thank you for stopping by this week. See you next week.